Today I have Amy O'Donoghue on the podcast with me here. Amy is a professional athlete and she runs in track and field and she's an amazing person I've been following. I don't even know how I came across you on Instagram and anyway, they send these people to you at some stage somehow to the universe. But universe. You know, <laughs> the universe is providing again. But uh, I just loved, like, as I was saying to you there before we even started, I love your whole approach to to exercise, to life, and to, to performance, both in, I suppose, your own sport itself and even outside that as well. And for me, as I say as well, I believe everything stems from the mind. And I think when we can really start to look into the power of the mind and how much we are actually in control of it, it's amazing to see. And that's why I really wanted to get Amy on today because I think so many people get so much value out of someone who's at the top level right now performing and is really focusing in on what's actually most important in my own personal beliefs. So even if you could even chat, Amy, just a little intro, I suppose, to who you are, if anyone who doesn't know you. Yeah, so my name is Amy O'Donoghue, and I am an Irish middle-distance athlete. I'm from Limerick, and I would compete in 800 metres, 1500 metres, and cross-country. So 800 and 1500 would be track, and then cross-country would be longer stuff in the winter. And I did primary school teaching as my degree and I'm running full time at the moment and I love it. And yeah, that's me. We're getting ready now for our nationals, gearing up for them. So um, that's, that's what's going on at the moment. And I have my head down and I'm looking forward to that. So. Super, super. And have you always been into running or was it something you developed later in life or, or where do you think you got that spark for it? So I w- would say I was always competitive because I was an Irish dancer in primary school and it's something that I would have done at a, a quite a high level. So I would have gone from Limerick to Cork three times a week for lessons and I would have competed at the Worlds, North Americans, all like the major Amazing. championships. So I think that um, I had that competitive edge as a child and I worked hard as a child and I loved Irish dancing. And then when I went to secondary school, we got to go to the North Monsters as a day off school. So I wasn't particularly interested in running, but I was interested in getting time off school. So Always the way. Yeah, so <laughs> off, off I went and I suppose I was considered fit from um, Irish dancing. So my PE teacher said that I should do the 800 and sure I hadn't a clue. didn't know how many laps that was. So I thought it was great. Off I went and I actually ended up winning and I really enjoyed it. So then my cousin, Anomara, was coaching in, still is coaching in my local club, Emerald. And she started coaching me then. So her brother, Frank Omara, is actually, um, is he, he's a two-time world champion. And he also is an Olympian. So it, it, it was in my family. And um, I actually went on scholarship Amazing. to America, to the University of Arkansas, which is where he also went. So um, yeah, it definitely was there. But I suppose it didn't kind of come through until I went to secondary school. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Amazing. Super, super. And uh, it's an amazing story because I suppose most professional athletes kind of it's something that they've been doing from six or seven. It's amazing to see you're kind of just probably the universe there again providing <laughs> you to go to that race. Maybe you weren't going just for the day off after all. Yeah, worked um, out well. <laughs> worked out well is right. And um, even with yourself now, again, when you're... I'm scrolling through Instagram. I always see you're sharing stuff about mental fitness and different areas like that. As a professional athlete, in your own personal opinion, 
how important do you feel the mind is compared to the physical? I honestly think the mind is just as important, if not more important in sports, because especially with running um, with an individual sport, I suppose it, it applies to team sports as well, but definitely individual because it's just you and your mind. I think that you can be as fit as you want, but if you're not clued in and if you haven't done the mental preparation, it's just not going to work out for you and you're not going to perform to the best of your ability. And often you could be in the shape of your life, but if you're not mentally checked in, then you might underperform. And I suppose it wasn't until I was a small bit older, like maybe 20, 21, I started to realize, okay, like I can't just expect to train physically like I actually have to practice the mental side of things as well and yeah it took me it took it a few years to click with me that I can't just read a book and expect it to like magically unfold that all together that you have to work on and you have to challenge the way you think and it, it's hard work and I think maybe that's why people shy away from it a lot is they don't really know how to approach it or understand that it's something that you have to do every day but once that kind of clicks and once you commit to doing it every day and commit to being a better version of yourself, I think like it really, really pays off. Yeah, amazing. Exactly. And it's something I always share with clients sometimes when we're doing a session. I always say the hardest part of the session is not the actual exercise you do, but your response to the actual exercise you do. And when we can start to learn and develop that, that's where amazing things start to happen. And as you said, everything stems from the mind. So sometimes pain. So when you're running as well and there's lactate starting to build up in your body, it's just information. And that's all yeah. it simply is. So in a way, we're not actually responding to the body. We're actually responding from the mind. So the information is being sent from the body up towards the mind. And then we're choosing our response from that. And when we can start to understand that, a lot of what I love, is especially about sport, it relates a lot of what we do in life as well. So a lot of what you do on track relates to what you do a lot outside the track as well, mm-hmm. which is probably why you perform so well in and out of the track because the two of them are connected together. Yeah. And it's amazing way and exercise is such a, a beautiful way to learn and understand sometimes about how we're living our life, where it's how we're thinking, how we're moving, how we're breathing, how we're sleeping, how we're doing whatever, and how that transfers outside of the sessions. And even for you, within your own personal career as well, when would you would you have found that sometimes maybe where you haven't been as mentally prepped or or maybe you weren't even aware of right how important the mind was back at this stage in your career? Back then, would you have what was would you have had, let's say, a certain few challenges in terms of races that kind of held you back? Because the reason I'm asking this question, people always say to me, I can't get out of my head when I'm running. Mm-hmm. What would you find with someone like that? Yeah, so I think when I was younger, I was fearless going into races because I had never faced op- obstacles and I would have been the favourite to win national titles and it came pretty easy to me. And it's the same with the general public running. See, it's all well and good when, you know, you're just out for a jog, but it's the minute it starts to get hard, then your mind starts telling you, oh no, like I can't do this, come on, let's just chill out. And yeah. for me, that started to happen after I had a lot of injury problems. So I wasn't at the same level that I used to be at and I was struggling and, you know, everyone's all about you when you're performing and when you're winning national championships and then you're kind of like left to the side when you're not running well. And it's, 
it's it's hard like it's tough and yeah. it was then that I realized okay like you know I need to fix the way I'm approaching these things mentally and like I need to overcome these challenges and I need to you you need to actually want to improve how you think because people can say like oh you can do better here you can do better there but sure it goes in one ear and out the other if you're not interested in doing it so that's why even for the general public like they I feel like they have to want to go out and run and if they don't maybe change the way they think about the run like that's one thing that I found so I would train a lot by myself in UL and I'd be cribbing and moaning I'd be sitting in the car especially yeah. in the middle of winter it's raining it's freezing you know you have to go out and run seven miles ten miles whatever it is by yourself and it's just like oh and like I, I'd say I only started doing this in like the last year or two where I started to say to myself like I'd be sitting in the car and I'd be like okay Amy say to yourself I don't have to do this I get to do this yeah. so I would be like no like I actually get to go training like I'm lucky that I um, I'm healthy I'm injury free I can just go out here and enjoy this training and there's people that would kill to be in my position and I think when you start to think about life like literally everything in that way like it completely shifts your perspective so I think it's just it's again like it's all stems from the mind you know it's just about changing your vocabulary and it will I feel like it will feel silly at the start and but you also almost have to fake it till you make it in the sense where you have to trick your mind into being like, no, we, we have to start thinking this way now. And then eventually it just becomes more normal and more normal until all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, wait, that just came naturally to me, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. And it's it's something I always say to to anyone who I'd work with or anyone who I'd meet, as, as you said, sometimes when we're in that moment. So, for example, you're sitting in the car and your first reaction is saying, oh, Jesus is awful weather outside and then you start to notice oh jesus it's a bit cold and then you start to notice something else so as yeah. soon as that first talk comes out that's a negative one it leads to another negative thing and another negative exactly. thing like a chain reaction yeah and then it's like sometimes where you're in that mood and then you notice one thing that's not going right suddenly you start to notice all these other things that aren't going right and <laughs> exactly the great way I describe it is like it's when you buy your a car. So it might be your first car or whenever you buy a car. You bought this car. Before you bought it, you didn't see any of these cars in the road. Now that you have it, suddenly you're seeing every tons of these cars on the road all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're thinking, Hold on, how did they, all these people buy this car after me? <laughs> well, they didn't. The cars are always there. It's just yeah. you never know it's because it wasn't what you were focusing in on. And it's the exact same with thoughts there as well. And I think sometimes when, we're, when we allow ourselves to be attached to certain negative thoughts, more of that starts to come. And the saying I always say is where energy goes, it flows. So 100%. when the negative energy comes, guess what happens? More negative energy starts to come. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it is that thing, as you said, focus on right, what is actually going right rather than wrong. I'm an Irish athlete. I'm running on a track. This is my full-time job. This is the one of the most incredible gifts I have been given, whereas most people now will be dreaming to be in my position where I am. And it's not, not even we're not an Irish athlete. If we look at what we have, 
people who are listening to this right now, you have a phone, you have headphones, you probably have a car, you probably have a house, you probably have food in your stomach. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of the world that have none of this right now. Exactly. And um, we take it for granted, you know, like we take so many things for granted. But I think then when you start kind of practicing gratitude, and it is a way of thinking, like being grateful for literally everything, that that's how you do start to become less attached to those negative thoughts. Because I think subconsciously, we are all so attached to negative thoughts until you become aware of it. And I think awareness was definitely the first step for me. I was such a negative Nancy going into races and I would think one negative thing and the next thing I'd have a hundred negative thoughts like spiraling out of control. And I was like, hang on, like, just stop. Like this, and it wasn't even true. (laughs) Like your thought, they're not even true thoughts. And you're just like, where is this going from? So that's actually, that's a really nice way you put it like that whole, attachment to negative thoughts and I do honestly think that so many people are attached to them without even realizing but I think the first step is just becoming aware like actually thinking about what you're thinking about and being like oh my god why am I thinking like that but for the most part people just go through the day and they don't even listen to what they're thinking about you know exactly and a, a lot of that for me is is the noise sometimes we can be consumed by in life so it, as soon as we get up in the morning most people are giving their energy straight out of the way right what's going on in the world instagram facebook i'll check the news to see what's going on today and in, in with, with everything going on and then I'll, I'll get a rush i'll get go up get breakfast i'll throw that down and then i must get to work get to work or if i have to get the kids ready at school and then i have to go out the door and i'm in work and then i'm going this then i have to rush home to get to back through the traffic and then i'm back home and then i have my dinner i'll throw that down me then i'll sit down and watch someone probably be murdered on the tv and figure out how they <laughs> solve it all out and i'll go home and i'll go to sleep yeah sometimes our whole life is consumed with energy and we're so nearly distracted in a way from our thoughts there's no space for them to even come up and sometimes when i say to people i just want you to simply just sit there for two to three minutes and just say nothing mm-hmm. and they look ah just done i can't do that <laughs> i'm gonna ask you to just sit there for two to three minutes and then they, they sit down their body starts to fidget quite a bit they're moving their arms they're moving their legs mm-hmm. they're looking around they're opening their eyes right as everyone else doing this oh fuck it they are i have to do yeah. this so <laughs> And it's that thing where we're not allowing space within our own lives just for thoughts to even become aware of what they are. And as I was chatting to you at the start of this as well, as lockdown was great for me because it allowed me to realize, oh, yeah, I'm actually getting too consumed and with, with the external things going on. I need to create more space to allow to see, right, what's actually happening? Where, where am I going? What do I want to do? And I think that's, as you said, it is a big thing for people that, they're so consumed by everything that there's not even enough space to to become even aware of that. Yeah. I think it's like a control thing as well. Like even if you can control like negative thoughts or positive ones, but it's easier to think about like the bad things that can happen and then you'll focus on that. Or it's definitely something I still struggle with is like letting go. You know, I'd have it like I'd be like, oh, I hope this works out this way but then I'll start panicking if it doesn't. And I'm like, okay, just relax and let go. And then once you actually let go, stop thinking of it, that's when things actually start to come together. But I think as humans, we find it really hard to let go of that like control and attachment to things. So that's like, even when you say there about the space and stuff, like, and about sitting still, it is, it's so hard to just sit still and 
try to not think about anything. And I, I definitely think like it's from social media and our phones and but like we just don't want to sit still. Like it's so easy to just go and go and grab the phone and pick it up and check it. So we've no concept of like just like zoning out and switching off and but it, it comes with practice, it definitely does. And the more aware you are and then you can kind of catch yourself like drifting off and being like, okay, wait, like I, I don't need to think about these thoughts. But um, yeah, it's definitely a practice, I think. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, sometimes you're, you're as you said, even there, I, I hope this happens and I'm focusing. So I hope this happens. I hope this happens. And whereas we're not trusting in the universe and it's a great story, Jerry Hussey told me, and it's, it's one story that everyone can relate at some stage of life, whether it was you or a friend or something, but times we won't we can't do it right now with everything that's happening right now but imagine it's in a nightclub yeah there's this there's this fella here now and it's coming up close to 2 30 a.m and he's feeling a bit under pressure he's a single fella now as well (laughs) and a little bit scared and a little bit worried so all of his friends are gone he's stuck there on his own it's coming up now it's about 1 59 a.m he's only has 31 minutes left still hasn't found anyone here at all so then he's looking around and he's trying to search for every single woman to try and find someone in the place He's going up to this person, straight up to him. Well, how's it going down this and that and that? And the one's like, just get away from me. You're too much. <laughs> yeah. Then he's going around. He's walking around then again and looking, looking for someone else. He goes up to the next person and the next person, next person. And because he's trying to find someone so hard, it's working out less. He doesn't find anyone at all. And that's when he's, he's panicking like he is. Panicking. And he's sweating. Yeah. He's sweating here now. It's 2 it's two eighteen coming up now. And there's only a couple of, only 12 minutes left to go here. He's looking at his watch. He's looking at his phone. Fuck, I only have a few yeah. minutes left here. What am I going to do at all? And then people can see he's nervous. He's agitating on his face. People are going to just get away from here. This fella's just gone mad. He's too much. Yeah. And... Then you look on another night out, and then sometimes when you don't, when you're not even trying to do anything, you yeah. find someone at all. And when it's you're even least with, expecting it, least expecting, and it's even because you're not thinking about it and you're not like worked up about it. Exactly, and it's even a story I share. Gran, you might give out to me, but when we met for the first time in the first mm-hmm. night, I remember I, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to be there. I was dragged out by my friends. The first time she came up, she might say differently now, but the first time she, they came up in the groups so of her friends came up to my friends. Yeah. I wasn't interested because I was giving out. I didn't want to be there. And here we are down the line still here together. But it is That's that God, time. Isn't it? It's mad. A lot of times I find in life when, you're, when you want something or you want to achieve something or something to go your way, sometimes the more you persist, persist the more it creates this resistance between the actual thing. And when we can find sometimes, right, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. And then I just focus on showing up as the best person I can as myself within that. Well, naturally, it can only flow in one way. And when clients sometimes work with me, they're like, I want to now feel healthier, Dan. I want to feel calmer. I want to feel stronger in my mind and my body. I really want this. I'm like, cool, it's going to happen. But it's only going to happen if you start to show up each day as the best version as you can. Yeah. As long as you that, naturally it's going to flow in that way. And I'm sure for you, even with, with competitions and all, sometimes you might have felt like, oh, I really want to win this. I really want to come this place, that place. Whereas when you're focused in and you're training, just naturally doing was what was making you better. Well, of course, there's no way you physically couldn't win the race then anyway. Yeah, I remember, I think it was 2017 and I was competing in 
the national senior indoor championships and there was four of us that could have won it and i was i could not stop thinking i was like this is my year i'm gonna this i'm gonna win it i'm gonna win it i'm gonna win it and i was just obsessed i could not stop thinking so we we had like the heats on the saturday great through to the final on the sunday and i had 40 race plans made up in my head of how i was going to run the race except for what would happen if i ended up in the front like in a middle distance championship race you don't want to be at the front because you're you're basically just waiting for everyone to pounce and to take off they're just using you kind of so the race started and where does amy end up right at the very front the one place that i told myself i didn't want to be and i panicked and i came fourth so i was distraught and look it's so funny like looking back now it was because I was obsessed with winning and like I wanted to control the whole outcome. And if I had gone into it, maybe saying, yeah. Look, like, let's just see what happens. But because I was obsessed, it didn't work out for me. And that's like, just as you said, like sometimes when we are so like, no, it has to be this outcome. It has to be this outcome. And you become obsessed, you're resisting it and you're actually like pushing it away from you. You know, it's gas. But even also there, what you were saying about like being your best self. I can't remember, did I see it in a YouTube video or was it on Instagram or somewhere? But someone said that, you know, every day you should be asking yourself, would the very best version of myself do this? I think it's a really good way to approach things like, you know, if you're like working on your diet and your exercise, and if you just are feeling like a slump or something and you're like, oh, do you know what now I'll pig out. And if you're like, okay, but would, the very best version of myself do that of course they wouldn't like and it's a really good way to approach things i think i've definitely yeah. done it before even something small like sometimes i'd be too lazy to do my stretches or my exercises before i go to bed and i'm like well the best version of myself would do it so then i'll get up and i go in and do it you know yeah amazing yeah it's a great thing and it's even something i do with a lot of clients as well is even with myself, I'll show you. Have I got my phone here? I'll show you here if I have it. Um, hopefully, connection doesn't go now. <laughs> a young book here under my screensaver. Well, you can kind of see it a little bit, but that's what I have even on my screensaver. Oh, oh my God. It's a, it's a photo, photo for me when I was about three years old. A big smiley, you? happy oh header. That's, that's me. <laughs> I thought it was a little boy. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so cute. Uh, so it's a photo again something i'm gonna rub off jerry as well but i'm quoting him now so he won't mind um yeah. but again it's something it's the inner child so what a great thing to do is sometimes get a photo of yourself when you're three or four if you're laughing or you're crying or, or something in the photo and each time as you said you make that decision right i won't bother doing my stretches or this it's just to look at that photo and come up and ask what or even with inner thoughts or inner critic, you might come out in yourself sometimes. It's to stop yourself and say, would I say that to that person? Would I allow that person to talk to themselves that way, to eat that food, to not bother doing that exercise and just pop up the feet and watch a bit of Netflix? Would that person, if I was truly honoring that person, would I do that as well? And it's just, a, as you said, an amazing way to stop yourself within your tracks and allow yourself to make a better decision and it's, it's a great way i think with that inner child work that we're all still that child 
I'm still that young buck with them shocking socks nearly up to my <laughs> knees and the black shiny shoes and the, the, the I don't know what I had on my top there anyway. I'm going to have to get on to my mother now for dressing me that way, but I'll forgive her. But it, it's that thing that it's, it's that still who you are. That person hasn't changed. I think a lot of time in, in life we can get caught up in being too serious and things. And when we can bring in that inner child work allows us to sometimes know, so am I having a little bit of fun in my life? have a little bit of joy in my life mm-hmm. having a bit of crack yeah. obviously for an athlete like yourself it's of course it's serious with races and all but i'm sure at times but well, i hope you do anyway at times you have just a bit of fun and a bit of crack and you don't get so caught up in the training 100 percent. and you know i do think as runners we are very serious breed like but um for me i have to like that's my outlet i love festivals raves like i am there when i'm not when i'm not running like when i'm on my off season i am straight to a festival um so yeah i mean i think i think it's something that i definitely have had a good hold on throughout my whole career like it's something i'm i'm really proud of like never getting into that kind of like all or nothing mindset yeah. because it is prevalent in athletics and it's like go hard or go home and like how dare you kind of have a social life or, or go out and I think I don't think that's a healthy way to think at all but um luckily I have you know great friends and we have great fun we go on holidays and yeah I think it's so important to have that outlet because yeah. it's just it's just needed when you're when you're yeah. doing when you're working hard training hard you need that outlet mm. in moderation of course <laughs> exactly but yeah oh, you can't <laughs> can't be raving every single day of the week now <laughs> but yeah it's definitely needed i think exactly and it's actually funny there that you were talking about that inner child thing it's something that i started learning about recently and i remember before i would have kind of come across that in whole inner child thing and being like what is that but when you actually realize you know like a lot of the, t- the times the way you think and the way you act stems from that and you know, you have to like heal your relationship. It's really, really interesting. And it does actually make sense that sometimes the way you think might stem from something that happened when you were a lot younger. And like the whole idea of like, well, healing that relationship and with your inner child. And it, it's just, it's a fascinating concept, I think. But it's, yeah. it's definitely, when you sit back and think about it, it's true, like, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying I'm a psychologist or anything, but it's just from work that I've done, but even even with that is one thing that can always carry through even from childhood as you said is trauma so trauma can show up in many different ways and can be carried through childhood so for example about two weeks ago i was chatting to um neil who is a wim hoff instructor and his whole thing where he always felt he was very anxious all the time he couldn't breathe properly he was really, really anxious but life wasn't actually anxious at that moment in time and when he started to realize well, what's actually going on here he realized it was from his birth. The reason why he struggled to breathe so much was when he was being born. The, the, what's the technical word I'm looking for? It's going to come to me now in, in a second. Uh, I can't, in labor? In labor. He had basic problems in labor. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, yeah. But whatever the problems were, he was struggling to breathe. Okay. And that's now what he's found then why he was so anxious with breathing is because of the trauma when he was being born was still being carried now through. And that's why he does so much work on the breath, which is the most powerful thing in my opinion you can do. Mm-hmm. And, and with Wim Hof's method, which is dice cold showers and forcing you to let go. So 
that's as you said it's something that sometimes can be carried back from there and again i'm not an expert in it and it's just from my own findings and research but um even what you were saying earlier i think it's a massively important point people get a lot from is is that thing is you don't always have to have everything perfect all the time perfect yeah. is a is a word i personally think should be nearly banned from the dictionary it shouldn't be there because there's no such meaning to it the only time you're perfect is you're, if you're perfectly being imperfect and content within that. And uh, as you said, it's sometimes within that for you as a runner and a racer, if you were serious all the time, you'd probably lose the love for running because your life would be consumed by running. And yeah. that time, in a way, when you go to your race and you're there at five o'clock in the morning, going <laughs> stone mad there with your, with your WKD bottle in the hand, loving life, in a in a way that's that's good for you and that's healthy for you because that's nourishing a part of your your body your mind your spirit that's not being nourished at different times and for me that's what a lot of clients that i work with is well you have to realize health isn't just from physical exercise food or sleep mm-hmm. we also have to look at right am i having a bit of fun in my life am i having a bit of joy in my life am I having a bit of love in my life am i doing something that when I'm doing that activity, I'm not thinking of absolutely anything else at all. Mm-hmm. Am I doing these things regularly during my weeks and during my months? And for a lot of us, sometimes we aren't. So we can eat all the food we want in the world, all the training, physical, tough, intense training we want in the world. But if we're not bringing these things gradually in, uh, into our life, we still don't feel that fully calm, content, or at peace. Yeah. And you're going to whether it's sport, whether it's work, you're going to perform at your best when you're happy. Like, unless you're happy in what you're doing or you're happy in life, like, you're not going to perform to the best of your capability. I've, I've definitely found that in the past. Like, when I'm at my happiest and most relaxed, that's when my PBs and my best races come. You know, and it's, again, it's just like going with the flow, trying not to get too worked up now. Obviously, it's hard before a race, but I think the more you can just tell yourself, like, this is just a race. There's going to be another one, you know, next week. Yeah. Um, then the more relaxed you become and the more you'll start to enjoy it, I think. Exactly. And yeah. uh, see, same as a mead man, it's a great story from Sean Boyle. And, and anyone who watched the documentary the other week, they've probably seen it. But when mead were going on for the fourth All-Ireland, Sean Boyle managed him at the time. It was a week before there was massive pressure for the All-Ireland final. And you could tell people were getting built up because back then with football and mead, if you played on the mead team back then, you were basically the, the king of all the land. Yeah. Like, um, we'll get back there someday, but we won't talk about that now. But anyway, <laughs> um, even a week before, um, a week before, Sean obviously noticed there was a lot of tension. There's a lot of stuff within the, within the, 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 the squad. And a week before, they went away to Scotland and went on a massive drinking session the Friday before in All-Ireland, and there was the no. Saturday. <laughs> and everyone, all the newspapers, all the media companies, everyone slayed him, said he's gone so mad, he needs to be gone, he's full of this, full of that. Meet are gone, meet are absolutely toasted. And that Friday night, they flew, I think, on the Friday over to Scotland. They drank till 6 o'clock in the morning. They tried to train the next day, which was an absolute shambles. Yeah. And when they came back, they were getting slated. And what happened the following weekend? They won the All-Ireland final. Exactly. And, yeah. And it was that thing that we sometimes need to notice. Now, it doesn't mean we go in drinking sessions at <laughs> 6 o'clock yeah. in the morning. 
what it means is sometimes we need to look at the bigger things in life to actually allow us to perform as best as we can. So even if it's from a sporting aspect like yourself, mm-hmm. where am I bringing this more fun, joy, laughter, crack into my life that I can release and let things go? Obviously, even on a, a day-to-day basis with someone who's just looking to improve their life and perform better within that, where can I bring these more into my life as well? And let's say even for you, Amy, would you find then you would have any recovery techniques? Obviously, it's being an athlete, it's intense. There's a lot of demand and pressure. Would you find you have any recovery techniques, whether it's mentally or emotionally or spiritually, just to let go or even on a physical aspect to recover? Yeah, so I definitely have gotten, and only since the start of lockdown, I got into yoga. And I had done it before once with my friend, and she was brilliant. But I I just never kind of followed through, because I think I was in the middle of racing season. And at the start of lockdown, I did um, one of Yoga with Adrian's 30-day yoga challenges. And to be totally honest with you, when I was doing it, it was uh, a chore. And it wasn't until I finished the 30 days that I noticed the improvement in my well-being, my thoughts, everything. And I was like, oh my God. And again, it was because I kind of thought that like instantly I would just become this like real Zen person. But like it takes time. And now I would do it at least four or five times a week. And I absolutely love it. I think everyone should buy into yoga and and give it a try. And again, a lot of people that don't like to sit still will not buy into it because it does entail a lot of sitting with your thoughts. But I think that for recovery, I will do it. I'll try and do it every evening, really. I'll do it after a race. I'll do it before a race. Um, I suppose I do meditation as well. Now, to be honest with you, I am not the biggest fan of meditation. I way rather do yoga. Uh, I write stuff down in my training diary and... I would sometimes journal, but not that much. I think with, with journaling or writing stuff down, that if, you, if it doesn't come to the front of your mind, it can really be like a chore and an effort. Whereas if you kind of get an urge to like write, stuff, write stuff down, then it comes naturally. And of course, then like, you know, sleeping well, eating well, recovering well, um, but yeah, yoga, if I was to say anything, I would say yoga is, is just the best thing since I've yeah. Like, I love it so much. Super. Do yeah, well, a lot of what I do would be breath work and yeah. kind of, I like that I do yoga myself as well. And breath, what I love about yoga, I find, is the breath work, especially within it. So the thing with breath work is when we're, we're slowing down our breathing and we're focused on relaxing and releasing and letting go in the breath, there's two things really important that happen. So first of all, like when we were speaking about earlier, a lot of time we live in that sympathetic nervous system. So this is where adrenaline's coming up through the body. It's our fire or flight response we hear a lot of time. So that can be acted as simply as being annoyed at the weather. It can be activated yeah. by looking at Instagram and saying, oh, that fucking one, this one, that one. <laughs> it, it's, it can be activated by the simplest of things. What we have our other nervous system is a parasympathetic. So this allows us to rest, digest, recover. 
it's it's the one that allows us to slow down mm-hmm. and sometimes when with breath work what is great it allows us to either achieve a balance between the two nervous systems or allows us to ramp up parasympathetic nervous system so that's even why i think even you said it, you find such a release from it because it allows the body to physically and physiologically be able to change within that and the other great thing about the breath work as we start to breathe out and exhale it starts to activate the pineal gland in the body which allows us to again this is the calming and relaxing so this actually activates this within the body on a physiological level as well so for me that's why i think breath work as you said in yoga is so powerful and as you said at the start it's tough for people it's the thing oh it's just know about this so they don't feel comfortable in this and as I say to anyone, well, you never feel comfortable in anything that you start new. Sure. Think of the fir- first day you went up to school in primary school, you're holding on to someone's hand or his mommy, daddy or someone else and you were crying, you're thinking, oh, fuck, I don't want to go into here at all Like, and think this teacher was the most evil person in the world. Then after a couple of days, you start to settle or it's like a new job. You come up on the first day, you're really nervous, anxious, worried, fearful. You have all these thoughts, all these things. And then once you get into it, you realize, what was he even thinking about? This is grand. And I think it's the exact same with yoga as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just, it takes time. And there there was like for the 30-day yoga challenge, like I stuck to it. But there was some days it was literally hitting midnight. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Uh, but yeah. I actually, I held myself accountable. I took a little video every day, <laughs> like low blogging to myself. I was like, day one, blah, 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 day two, blah, blah. But I think that definitely kept me going. But there was some days that I was just like, oh my God, this is such a trek. But then after I did it, I felt so much better. But it's just yeah. it's that little moment where your brain is like, no, don't do it, that you have to be like, no, I'm going to do it. I, I did, I stuck to this. I know I'll feel better after and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Amazing. Super. And even for you, if you could, it's a bit of a tough question, but I'm sure I'll ask you anyway, you're well able for it after chatting <laughs> to you. Even if you could look back at your whole even career or personal life or that's professionally in racing or even mm-hmm. personal, if you could look back and think, right, this is one of the biggest lessons I've learned from it. What do you think that would be? Now, you oh. might not have one. There might be five. There might be five. There might be 500. Bearing in mind, we only have three days to get this in now, so no pressure at all. I don't know where to start. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll start with running anyway. So um, I would say the first thing is listen to your body. Um, I think when I was younger, I, when I got my first serious injury, I forced myself through it because I couldn't see seven, eight years down the line, I was only focused with right now. Yeah. And that's all I cared about. And, you know, people would say, don't, don't worry, you know, just think about the future. It's not the, end, the be all and end all, but to me it was. And I think if I had um, just like took a step back, that I wouldn't have had such a different performance for the length of, of time that I did. So that would definitely be one of the main things is that you have to listen to your body. And then you have to believe in yourself. You have to, have to, have to. In, in all areas of life, you have yeah. to be your own biggest fan. And that's something I'm still trying to kind of figure out. And because it, it's, it's so easy for us to like give love and compliments to everyone else. Yet when we turn around to ourselves, we find it so hard to do. And so like a big thing that I kind of advocate for is like, you know, 
talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend. So yeah. if, you're, if your best friend's in a shit situation, you are going to tell them that they are the bee's knees, that they are brilliant, that they deserve the world and more. And then you would like be so mean to yourself in the same situation and be like, oh, like you're useless, you're worthless. And it's like, well, why, am I, why am I saying that to myself? So that's, that's definitely another thing I would say is that like, you have to believe in yourself and you, you just have to be nice to yourself. And it takes a lot of figuring out though, I think, um, because sometimes we don't even realize it. And I suppose just going with the flow in, in all areas of life, you just have to go with the flow. Like you can't force situations. You can't force people to think a certain way to do certain things. And that's something I've, I've really kind of realized in the last year or so that, you know, people will come in and out of your life. The only thing, we'll go through the quotes now, the only thing constant in life is change. And, and it's true, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's true. And I think once you just kind of understand that, accept that and allow situations to unravel and unfold in front of you and not try and control them, that life will just become a lot more easygoing and things will flow. yeah amazing super and i think there's there's so many lessons in there people could take away and even one one thing i'd love to share even that i learned as you said there was the belief and i for me the belief is probably one of the most powerful things we can do in order to change and what i learned even only a couple of years ago was everything stems from the belief so if we look at a behavior or an action so let's say it's eating bad food i eat bad food i snack on bad food all the time a lot of that comes then from an emotion. So whether I feel stressed, I feel overwhelmed, I don't feel good enough, I feel sad, whatever. And then emotions stem from thoughts. So the thoughts we have, we sometimes allow ourselves to be attached to them. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. She's, she's fit. I'm not fit. She's whatever. I'm not her. And that leads to the emotion, which leads to the behavior and action. But ultimately, where all these things stem from is the belief. Mm -hmm. And when we can really challenge that internal belief that we hold ourselves on to, everything starts to change. So when a client comes to me, sometimes they might be like, right, Dan, I want to start living a healthier lifestyle. And the first question I'll ask them, well, why aren't you living it right now? Mm -hmm. Not like, right, what, what's your food like? What's your stress like in your life? What's sleep like? What's, do you have much good food in the house? All of these are simple things we already know. A better question is, why aren't you living it like that right now? What's yeah. holding you back from living like that right now? Or what's a belief you're holding on to yourself? And sometimes, so if I know it's in the past, or even myself, was sometimes I used to scroll through social media or stuff like that. And social media, for me, it's, it's, it's just social media. It's not good. It's not bad. It's what you apply to it and what you feel it is. Yeah. But even with it, but I found, noticed before, I used to, when I was first starting out, I used to look at other people's stuff and think, geez, they're doing really well in that. They're excelling in this. Oh, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And I started again, like we said earlier, I started to notice more and more of that all the time. But the only reason why I was focused so in and I could see it so much and I was so zoned into it, because my belief I was telling to myself was, I think I'm not good enough. I don't think I'm good enough to do this. And the more I held on to that belief and clinged on to it, the, the more nothing changed. And again, working with Jerry as well is one thing 
he told me before, I was like, right, Dan, I want you to look into the mirror and I want to tell yourself how you incredibly are. I was like, what? Are you, are you serious? Just, Jerry, I know I'm in, I know I believe in you, but I think you're gone too far in this. Like, All I'm simply doing is asking you to look in the mirror and just tell yourself incredibly. Yeah. And when I first said it to me, I was thinking, I can't wow. do that. Yeah. yeah. What is this? I don't know if I'd be able to do that. But when we think about it, all you're doing is looking into a mirror. You look into your phone and you'll take a selfie. So why won't you look into a mirror? What's the difference there? And all you're doing is saying a few simple words. It's what you're attaching to the words yeah. is why you're either resisting it so much or not believing it. So when I started to do it, I started, remember the first morning I looked in and said, right, Dan, you are, ah, shut up, will you, gobshite? Just stop here now, stop here now. And I, I was resisting it so much, but yeah. I kept committing, kept committing. And each and every day I woke up, I kept doing it. After about a week or two, I was starting to say I wasn't a gobshite to myself, which was a good start. And then after a couple of weeks, I wasn't just saying it for the sake of saying it, mm-hmm. but I was actually starting to believe it. Mm-hmm. And once that changed, everything else started to change from outside that. Things I wanted, things I was looking to do and to achieve, naturally just started to change. I didn't know how, but it just naturally did because I was like focused in on what's the belief I hold to myself. I think it's one of the most powerful things that we can do is, is either challenge that belief to if it's not one that's building you up and moving you forward and whatever you want to do or achieve. Mm-hmm. And when and if it's not, we just need to challenge that. And it's yeah. bringing out our, our inner coach rather than our inner critic. Yeah. So like even there, what you were saying, like, you know, with like the affirmation, like I'm incredible. Like when you were first doing it and you were like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, I love, like, so many people talk about this where that's, like, emitting, like, a lower energy. So, like, you're in a lower vibration. Whereas when you start to believe that, you're emitting radiant, you know, shining energy. And that's when great things start to happen to you, when you aren't resisting it and when you truly do believe that. Again, though, that has to come from yourself and you have to commit to getting to that place where you do believe it. But like even there, what you were saying about challenging your thoughts and stuff, that is the one thing that I would say to anyone listening. If there has been anything that has been so beneficial to me, it's learning that you do not have to believe everything you think. And we do like subconsciously, I think we do. Like if you are, you're having all those negative thoughts, you believe them. Whereas you, once you realize that, you know, all these thoughts float around your head every day, you can let the bad ones just float on by like you can acknowledge that they're de- that they are there, but you can say, okay, like I don't believe you. Like, why is that true? And then challenge it. And when you challenge these thoughts, you realize there is no truth to them, and that yeah. stems from past experience, past and past, you know, relations, anything, whatever it is. And you're seeing your current reality through the lens of your past. And again, it's not something that comes easily. You have to sit back. And once you realize it, it's like, oh my God, like, you know, I need to not think about this current situation through my past situation because that's the past. Like, that's gone. That doesn't matter. And when you can actually challenge those thoughts, like, for me, that was definitely a big turning point going into races where I started to challenge the doubt, challenge the self, the the self-talk and if it was negative i'd say hang on though you know you won this competition before you're in the best shape of your life and training 
you're working really hard on the mental side of things. So why would it go wrong? There's no reason for it to go wrong. And then the more you challenge that negative voice, the more it starts to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Quietening and quietening and quietening. And then it, it just kind of floats away and disappears. And yeah. then more positive thoughts. Now, don't get me wrong. There will always be self-doubt, negative talk. But we have the power to quieten it. And I think once you realize that you do have that power, it's, it is pretty life-changing. It is, exactly. And it's, a, it's someone I'm amazed by, Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you know him, but his work is absolutely incredible blow your mind and a great book for anyone who's listening now is called supernatural by joe dispenza and he talks about the energy field around us and sometimes when we're trying to change or we're trying to do something better but our our thoughts are dictating something different so for example i want to i want to win this this next race i want to win this irish race i'm running the next few weeks and the more I keep saying, well, what if I'm not good enough? What if I do this? What if this go wrong? What that goes wrong? With the goal we actually have, there's a, there's a vibrational frequency that's not being matched. It's on a different level now. So it's, it's resisting it. So the universe will never provide what's meant to be if the vibrational frequency doesn't match. Because how can I achieve this amazing goal when what I'm thinking is the furthest thing from amazing, you know? exactly exactly and with joe dispenza's work it shows the true in these incredible meditations that people can download as well that will allow you to start changing that and some of his work he's done has seen people with chronic diseases chronic illnesses sometimes people with cancer with only months left by changing this they have changed with no chronic diseases no more cancer completely gone it's his work is amazing for anyone to to look into it um to see it's uh, it can be a little bit heavy at times but you, you can get a lot from it yeah. but uh you know i think that's uh, amazing points there you, you shared again and uh that's why i love to get you on today because i think both of our messages are are very similar and we're in completely different fields all right i wouldn't even want to run a race against you if you give me a 10 second head start and it can trip you up along the way well, we might go for it then but other than that i don't know about that but if you could even um finish up then amy with let's say one thing if you could say to someone listening right now so maybe it was something we shared on the podcast or maybe it's something we haven't shared yet but if you think for someone i know it's on a general basis but for someone that could apply for going whether it's performing well in a sport or just simply get healthier fitter in the body and mind or simply just to perform better in life what would you say that point could be that they could take away i think that you should always want to become a better version of yourself and once you invest in yourself uh, you realize that there is always little bits and bobs that you can improve on and i think that you should develop a mindset where you start to become grateful for everything in your life because once you develop that sort of way of thinking you'll find that there's so much in your life to be grateful for and you'll find that so much good will come into your life. So I think that once you start kind of a self-development journey, and it's really all about, you know, having a great relationship with yourself because, you know, I know it's cringy or whatever, but like we have to love ourselves and we have to be our own biggest fans. And for the most part, we don't until we start to work on it. So I think that once you start to improve that relationship with yourself and love yourself, 
you will want to do better in all areas of life. It's just, it's a journey and it's, it's a really exciting journey to go on. But I think that you will notice the impact of it in all areas of your life once you start like a self-development journey and really start to believe in yourself, you know? Super amazing. Thanks so much for that. And Can I just say can... one thing as well about just like yeah, yeah. Jerry Hussey, like he has had a huge impact on me as well. Like just from following him on, on social media and on Twitter and stuff, I would say to anyone who's, who is interested in, in just improving in, in any area of their life to, to go and listen to Jerry because he's just, he's just so talented and um, skillful in, in the way he talks and the way he gets his messages across. So even just when you were talking around there, I was like, yeah, that's, he really has had um, a massively positive impact on, on the way I think. And I'm sure it's the same for you by the way you're talking about him there. So definitely yeah. um, start to follow Jerry Hussey, I think, if, if you yeah. have already. Yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing human being and Miriam as well, his wife, are two the most yeah. incredible, incredible people I've ever worked with in my life. And we do a lot of work together now, but for me, I've worked with lots of mentors, lots of coaches over the years. But for me, there are two people out there right now who, yeah. who they just they just know it and they understand it and they yeah. just get it. Like, and they're two of the most incredible minds I think I'll ever meet. And I think if anyone gets the opportunity to listen to them, to see them, anything at all, it's it's an absolute blessing you'll get. So, uh, um, if you could even so, where could we even find more info about you? And where can we put our, our bet and pad out for me? Sorry, you oh, literally cut out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've been going so well. The universe has been providing the right <laughs> connection so far, so we won't give out for that. So uh, where, where can even people find more information about you and where can we start to put our, our bets and paddy power for you now as well? <laughs> so my Instagram is amyod94. And that's where you'll find me yapping on about God knows what. <laughs> My thoughts. For the most part, I, I do try and, and talk from experience, I suppose, and and just try and, uh, and portray how, as we've spoken about, your mind is so powerful and you need to, you need to use your mind and not let your mind use you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you'll catch me on Instagram, um, amyod94, and... Yeah, I have a few races coming up, which fingers crossed they go well. So super. Well, I'll have the money on you, so don't you worry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but super. Even anyone listen, check out Amy's page there, because even that's why I wanted to get you on so much today. Because even I love the messages and stuff you share along the time, and it's in- incredible to see a person like yourself at the age that you are, and and the the I suppose the impact you could have on people as being a professional athlete and what you do. It's it's a uh, incredible and you should be proud of yourself for what you do so thanks a million again for coming on today and hopefully we'll see you down soon and come in first place on that track yeah thanks a million for having me on thank you thank you